Hello and welcome to The Spill Sesh, episode 16. In today's episode, I have a very special guest. Her name is Sangeeta. She's been my friend for five years now and we went to the same poly. We studied communications together. And today's episode is all about changing fields and getting her take on that and really just following your heart. <laughs> so cheesy. But I really hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. Hi, Sangeeta. Hi, Sejo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the spill sesh. Um, if you don't know who Sangeeta is, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> Miss Girl, Not please. Agnes Bay, the queen <laughs> of Instagram, who we will still today, I have known her for how many years have I known you? Five? Five and years. And I still don't know what your Instagram username means. You told me once. But, um, <laughs> like, what? Okay, okay, this can be under our spill the tea segment, okay? So, yeah, at the beginning of each episode, we always have a spill the tea segment. And mm-hmm. um, why don't you tell everyone what your username means? Because so many people have told me your name is Agnes. And I always burst out laughing. Like literally at least three people I know that. Oh, like, oh, do you know this person, Agnes? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first. You're not the first. The number of times my friends have gone and said, Sangi, you know the number of people who come up to me and think your name is Agnes? It's just too many. And I keep telling them, I don't know why everyone thinks my name is Agnes. <laughs> and there's only one person, okay, out of... I think I've had this username for about six years now. Eh, no. More than six years. I've had this since I was in secondary school. So probably since 2013. So seven mm-hmm. years, six, seven years. Yeah. And out of this seven years, only one person in my entire life literally said, Oh, not Agnes Bay. Isn't it same as that brand? Like... I can't pronounce it. Even I can't pronounce the brand. It's called like Honor Bay or something. And you did and it the other way around, right? Yeah. So it. it's 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 spelled as A-G-N-E-S space. And then the B is a signature. And when I was in secondary school, me being me was like, <laughs> I don't want to have a branding to myself. I don't know. I wanted a branding to myself, but I didn't want it to be my name. So what I did was I took this brand that I really was fond of. And I put the brand, and I was like, I'm not Agnes B, because I'm not that brand. So it was this super hypocritical moment, and I did it, and it was N-O-T-A-G-N-E-S. And then instead of putting B, I was like, later they sue me for some, you know, copyright issues with the brand. So exactly. I said B. And that started when I was 15 years old. And we have it here seven years later. I could never change my Instagram handle after that. It's so weird. It's like a. I don't want you to ever happened. change it. It's your Aww. brand. Yeah, it became a weird brand of mine. It's like people know me through the Instagram handle, and I'm so confused because I'm here thinking it's just a name. And I've tried changing it. Honestly, I've tried. But it's just, I feel no. so lost without you <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so that's the whole story Brandon. but i always find it so funny whenever like oh your friend agnes <laughs> so no, I, I decided that one day if people say is your name agnes i'm just gonna be yep that yes me. that's my middle name <laughs> oh my god yeah you should say that okay but other than the whole not agnes based story how we know each other um is we knew each other from Polly. we were in radio heatwave together oh wait i need to hype you up some more I want to introduce Why? you properly. Just because I want to introduce you properly. Oh my god, okay. So, not only is she an amazing host, she is an air stewardess. This girl is all, like, prim and proper. She is also the face of Zula. You are also <laughs> my NP MassCom alumni buddy. And that's yes. how we know each other. We were in NP MassCom together. And we were in Radio Heatwave together. So we had a show, our iconic show, Femme Fatale, that really launched us into our friendship and just our whole hosting career. And how, what do you remember of, of Femme Fatale? Oh my god. So Femme Fatale was like the OG show. And back in Polly when we first did it, I mean, Sejal and I knew each other because firstly, we were classmates. So when we got into Radio Heatwave together... And then we got to host a show together. I think that was just us being excited. And we didn't know like, oh my god, where is this going to go? How are we going to do this? And we were so lost because we were the two freshies that were assigned together. Most of them mm-hmm. had a senior pet with them. So oh when yes, we went in, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, I looked at her and I went, babe, I think we can do this. And just like, yeah, you know what? I think we can do this too. We will do it. We will do it somehow. And then we did it. And the best memories of Femme Fatale is about how our shows 
were not completely planned, but they were not completely unplanned. We mm-hmm. kicked off so well. Our chemistry was so good that we didn't have to worry too much about how are we going to say things or what are we going to do. It's more like, okay, this is our structure. We're just going to vibe. And yeah. that's how most of our show went. And we got to host together after that for events and everything. And mm-hmm. it just kind of worked. Our chemistry, we're just like in sync, you know? Like, we, we, I know what you're thinking. We had really good conversations on air. And I remember that time was when oh my god why is this like so long ago but that yeah. was when it was at the conti and like the previous layout on the previous office or whatever you call it yeah um, yep. and so people would actually hear us like we could hear our voices being broadcasted right outside which is very different i don't know whether it's same now but that's yeah they moved back oh so they moved back right to the they atrium? moved back so now it's the atrium again in neon so i think people can actually look through the glass and see you presenting oh and my god wave at you again but I'm not sure if the speakers are still playing. But when we were presenting, speakers were blasting through the atrium. And you can hear us. Yeah. So no matter who was there, they had no choice but to listen to but us. But to listen to us, exactly. So we had always that little bit of pressure, which was good. Because it really felt like people were actually listening to our show. And like you said, like we always vibed so well. So Femme Fatale was about like anything to do with beauty, makeup, fashion, pop culture. And it just... I remember you would talk about Lime Crime. The, yes. that's like you and Sangeeta was so into makeup at that time and I wasn't yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah. know how to do makeup I I don't think I wore makeup to school until I was year 2 I think yeah, year you 1 I didn't even did. wear you makeup you barely wore makeup yeah no and Sangeeta would come in with her like cat eyes her different yeah, colored lipstick her lips oh my god no, that was it a was face such, it was a face but it was so good because I saw like oh my god this girl is so vibrant her clothes, <laughs> everything was always so much colour. There was just so much colour in her. And then me, the complete opposite. So it was so nice to, like, have that two parallels. But, like, I had knowledge about it. But, like, no, I just never was into that. So then, I don't know, we just became friends through the show. And, yep. yeah, that was that was a fun, fun time. I think we recreated a little bit of it. Do you remember in, like, year three? Before, yeah. I, I think I have it on my old laptop. There's a video of us, like, pretending to do Femme Fatale again. We, really? I should find it. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay, okay. I, I still, I still remember there are days when we would go into the Conti, like maybe I'm having my show or she's having her show and we would take like five minutes and just go on air together just to recreate the little femme yes. moment at every opportunity that we could get. Yeah. It was just something that we did whenever we could. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that was the time where I, I was still pretty nervous. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a confident person, but at that time also you knew a lot more of the seniors than I did. So yep. I was very much a freshie. I... I mean, both of us were freshies, but I was really, like, like, I didn't know too many people. I wasn't friends with them. Like, they were really senior-junior relationship, whereas you were, like, friends with the seniors. So, it was always very daunting for me to be in the conti because so many people were there. But you would always somehow just be, like, making it calm. And, like, you had... <laughs> I always, like, we had each other's back. And I really felt that yeah, during that did, time because did. I would be so stressed during that time because yeah, I had to I learn how to do Anikia. I watched be stressed. Mm-hmm. It was so funny because... Usually, I would be handling the con, um, the control, the yeah. the console in the beginning few weeks because she was like, "No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this." Yeah, and it came to a point. I just looked at her and, "Can you just do it?" Because yeah, just try. You, right? you just have to do it. And she's like, "Okay, okay." So I'll sit across her and she's like, "Okay, this is my first time." I'm like, "You're gonna be fine, girl. You're gonna be fine." And she goes and she goes on the console and she's a natural. Like Serial is a natural when it comes to hosting and presenting. <laughs> and I know what kind of stress that she goes through because I'm also equally stressed. It's just that I don't show it as much. And this girl is just natural with the console and I'm like, look, you're doing great. And she's like, Yeah, I am. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Once I think once you get the hang of it, you just get the hang of it. And it also yeah. helps when we were in Miss Theo's class, radio. Yes. That helped me really, like, be very familiar because we learned it from scratch. Like, we weren't like, oh, okay, this is this, this is that. Like, we learned it properly the entire console and then that was when, like, I... And I had my solo show in year two. I yep. think it was TGIW. Yep. Yes, uh, you Zoom had your solo show. show. What show were you doing then? I was doing... Uh, oh, my God. I don't remember. I don't know, but I was doing the show with Wee-san. Oh yes! Oh, but I don't know what the show. Yeah. I don't know. I forgot all the titles of the shows. Yeah, that I, did. I remember. I did one like TV, TV something. Yeah, with <laughs> the Rex, TV, right? TV show with Rex. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun too. Oh my god, Radio TV was a great time. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I like how we both went like yeah. It was a good I, time. I did quit Radio TV for one semester after that. Because yeah, I and I was so upset. I was just so upset. <laughs> I was just there going, "Why did you quit?" 
Are you coming back? Why did you quit? Are you coming right. back? And I think every I just semester. a break from that. It was just a little yeah. bit like much. Yeah, um, it was. It the was environment. Really... Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a bit much. So I had to quit for my own sanity. And then I guess when I came back stronger, mentally stronger, it was all good to go. Yeah. And I think that's when I also knew a lot more about radio. So and I felt better after that. But I remember during that time, you were so passionate about being a radio DJ. Like, I really, really believed you were going to be a radio DJ. Till today, I still believe mm. you're going to be a radio DJ. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, because you're such a natural. And I remember that time also, there was um ninety seven Star. I don't know whether they yep. still do. They still do, right? Like, this year, I don't think so. I don't think this year because of the entire COVID. COVID thing. Yeah. But previously, every I think year. nearly every year they had Every it. year. Yeah. So 97 Star is basically this radio competition hosted by 97FM where they go to the different schools and they basically get anyone and any and everyone to try out and then they will um, narrow down the, the contestants and they have a series of competitions. And when that thing came, I was like, yeah, I'm not auditioning, no way. Like, I was so shit scared. And Sangeeta was like, I'm going. And she did, you did. <laughs> You did audition, yeah, I did. right? The thing is, because when the audition happened, it was still the beginning of us being in Heatwave. So you and I were still not seasoned into the entire hosting thing. I had no clue, honestly. Mm-hmm. And because everyone just said, just go, just go, just go and try. There's no harm in it. And I thought, I have nothing to lose anyway. I'm still going to be in Heatwave. Exactly. And if this kicks out, and if, kicks, if this kicks out for me, then good for me. But if mm-hmm. it doesn't, then okay, life moves on. So I wanted Sejal to go really badly because I knew that she had potential. And, I didn't. <laughs> but she didn't. I would say, I'm going to call you out on this. I just say that she didn't trust herself enough. Aww. Okay. <laughs> but I, I saw what she was capable of. And every time I see her do her things, I'm like, okay, this girl has talent. But she's so afraid mm. to try. Mm. And so I just went for it. And I think I went through the first one round or something. And then when they got to the selection process, I didn't get in. And I was like, yeah, cool. Nothing to lose, you know. Exactly. And you tried. Yeah, I, I tried. And that was the end of it. And I wanted to try again, but I was just too lazy, honestly. And mm-hmm. it started changing. Oh, the second one. Actually, the second year one was in open auditions in public. It was actually held at Orchard Road. Yes. We went down to support our friends who tried for it. And even then, people were like, Sangi, go. Just go and do it. And I told them... At that point of time, my mental health was probably the worst. Mm. So I told myself, no, I am not doing this. I'm not putting myself out there. I'm not ready for this. Because yeah. if I don't get selected... I know that it's it going to break me you. even further, further, Correct. further. And mm-hmm. at that point of time, I told myself, I'm not going to put myself through all that pain just because I want to do things. I yeah. just need to heal myself. So I didn't go for it the second time. But, you know, I don't have any regrets not trying again because exactly. I do my own things now. So exact- yeah. So that is exactly what I want to talk about because from there, like from you completely pouring your life into radio, you're doing a complete 180 now. You're an air stewardess now. So how did that yeah. even happen? Like, okay. how did that change in passion happen? Okay, so, I mean, people who know me would know that I want to do radio for, like, the longest time. Presenting and doing radio was a thing that I've been doing since secondary school, I would say. So when I was about 14 years old, I decided that I wanted to do radio because I wanted to be a voice. I wanted to be a representation for my brown-skinned girls out there who were bilingual in their mother tongue as well, but always being put aside as, oh, you know, you can speak your mother tongue. So then you just go into the field that does that language and not really English. So I told myself, no. I want to be that representation where I'm bilingual and I'll represent in English. So I had that dream since I was 14. So I was pushing for that my entire life. And then when I came into poly and everything, I pushed every single step, every single decision I made was with the end goal that I'm going to be in radio, I'm going to be a host, I'm going to make it big in the media industry. But then life happened and suddenly I got reminded of the fact that I've always wanted to be an air stewardess since I was a child. Being an air stewardess like a five-year-old kid dream. You know, you go on your first airplane ride and the air stewardess just look at you and like, hi, welcome on board. And you're like, oh my God, I'm taking a plane <laughs> for the first time. And they'd be so sweet to you and that kind of just imprints in you for the rest of your life. And when I was going into poly and everything, I kind of forgot about that. And then somewhere in mid, I think year two end or something, I went, um, I saw the applications for becoming an air stewardess and I was like, wait a minute, why not I just give it a shot, like, for fun, just for the fun of it. So, actually, the entire thing 
kind of really sparked off was when I was hosting for an event and I wasn't hosting I was actually the backup that was in case anything happens I forgot what it called um it's that film festival thing you know film festival the the uh, one where you know Carisha hosts for yes, it yes yes I hosted that one once with yeah. Mel as well yes that's the same one. so that was this event yes yeah. That was the same event. That was the event that I decided that I'm going to try for being an air stewardess. I think you I told me up. then as well. You were there. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. And I told you and I said, babe, I think I'm going to go try flying. And you were like, what? <laughs> sure, just go for it. Oh my God, I'm so excited for you. That's exactly how Sejo sounds, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a really good impression. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've, I've grown to learn how to, to, to make an impression of you, okay? <laughs> So that was the day that I told her that, hey, you know, I'm going to go for this. And I decided that I'm going to start flying because I just wanted to explore the world, meet new people and gain new experiences in the industry, you know. But when I tried at that point of time, I still feel like I didn't know what I wanted to do while being an air stewardess. I just feel like it was a very hazy moment. So when I went for the interview, you give the same generic answer when they ask you, why do you want to be an air stewardess? Same thing. Uh, oh, I want to meet new people, gain new experiences. And that's not what they want to hear. So after that, for the next... That was, I think, in 2016? 2017, right? I can't remember. So around that time, I tried and I really, really, really wanted it. But I got rejected. And then I tried again. I got rejected. So I tried three times and I got rejected. And I think that really just brought down my my entire self-confidence on my own self because I kind of validated my worth with getting into an airline and over time I just thought you know what I cannot make it if I'm not going to be accepted as an air stewardess that's it I'm done and also because I kind of lost sight of what I wanted to do with radio I lost sight with what I wanted to do in life and I just thought you know being an air stewardess will buy me some time before I figure my life out and then eventually that didn't work out so I thought you know what I'm just gonna go into uni so after graduation I actually went to uni finished uni and while I was finishing my last few months of uni the application for trying out for Scoot came out and I think about a month or two before that I tried for my final interview with another airline and one of the applicants there told me that hey why not you try for Scoot you know you seem like someone who might fit into their personality and I thought eh why you know because at that point of time i had no knowledge of um other carriers so i went to do my research i really liked the destination i started to like their work culture that they put on social media and i was like you know what maybe i'm gonna give it a shot so while in uni i actually tried for scoot and i actually got it which i was very very taken aback by because i didn't expect myself to get it because i've been rejected all my like the past three times so why would i even get in so when i got into scoot it just really threw me off and I thought you know what they're going to reject me eventually so I went for medical and I thought they're going to use my medical as a reason to reject me but they didn't but they didn't get back to me for months at all I didn't hear for them from them for a good three four months and I thought that's it you know I'm not going to get it and then on the day that I graduated which is on 21st August 2019 I take my certificate from the stage I come down I sit down I'm staring at my cert going oh my god I've done my degree and about a few minutes later I get like an email notification on my phone as like an important email so I opened up and it says congratulations you've been offered a job at Scoot and I'm like bruh I just thought I have to go into this crisis of finding a job and and now I'm offered my job yeah exactly so that's the entire process of how I went from having a passion for radio which I still do because Mm -hmm. I still host and everything I never let go of it I always tell people that my voice cannot be shut down or my voice cannot leave me unless something happens terribly and I lose Mm, my voice but until then I'll always hold on to it until then I will just find ways and avenues to be a voice be a representation be a presenter while doing other things that I love. You know, mm-hmm. I can do more than one thing at once. And that's just who I am as a person. So, yeah. No, you are truly thriving. Like, I remember the first time I saw... I think you had posted on Instagram that you got a job at school. And I was like, yeah. what? Like, I texted you immediately. I think I must have said something that I am so proud of how far you've come. Because Polly, obviously, was not the best time, I think, yeah, for 
you and you know you really just grew and you just took whatever the shit poly gave you you proved everyone wrong you got the degree faster than everyone else you yep. got a job right after your degree and that too as an air student like i could not even tell you i almost wanted to be like see all you bitches who thought she wouldn't you know <laughs> succeed like see look at her now like i i was so so proud of you when i saw that and that inspired me like you know to also keep pushing and on like i think it's an inspiration for so many because you are one of the very few people who managed to change fields and that yep. was okay So how yep. was like was it scary to change fields completely or would you like recommend it to other people? I think when people ask me about changing fields I always tell them do what makes you happy. So for me when I change fields everyone was very taken aback even when I'm at work and people when I say that oh I'm going to continue my studies after this they look at me and say oh you finished your diploma and I look at them and say no I'm I'm done with my degree you know mm-hmm. and they say oh so what do you want to study and I tell them what I want to study and they get very Taken a bit. What do you want to study after this? That's a secret that I will tell oh, you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Tell yeah, me after but, this. <laughs> yes, I will tell you after this. But um, so whenever I tell people that I'm changing fields constantly, they get very taken aback because they think I'm very fickle-minded. They assume that oh, she doesn't know what she wants to do, so she's constantly changing fields, or she gets interested very briefly. Maybe her attention span is very short. But the truth is, I'm just someone who doesn't like to be constantly comfortable because. In Polly like what you say it wasn't a very safe space for me and it wasn't a very great environment so I was very comfortable in that toxic environment that I put myself into and as I grew out of it I realized that me as a person I need to be constantly challenged I need to be constantly put in the uncomfortable situation for me to grow so whenever I start getting comfortable I start looking at ways I start looking at ways to move out of it so that I can challenge myself i can be someone different and i can achieve my childhood dreams because i believe that no dream is ever big for, too big you know where mm-hmm. you think that you can't do it and people exactly. get very taken aback and they think oh i think it's too late it's never too late it's never too late to study it's never too late to change fields it will never be late for you to do something that you love mm-hmm. so when i changed fields from radio to aviation it was very confusing because I basically spent nearly 4 years studying communications just for me to not do any of do it for flying you know flying you don't technically need to have any of a that degree, correct yeah i'm not But, a degree in communications that's what i meant yeah yeah exactly and for flying you can have any qualification like um in any field i mean and you can still fly so why communication but then i tell people that look Well, when one day I'm done with flying because flying has an age limit lah unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So after a certain age you would have to step down if I was going to do this in a long term. Mm-hmm. And my backup plan is my degree. My mm-hmm. degree was my backup plan. So if anything happens I can always go back into the industry and say that I have to start again from the bottom but at least my fundamental would be a degree in communications. Yeah. And it's something that you can't get rid of because social media is always evolving. I'm constantly on social media and we're constantly evolving in the world with mm-hmm. marketing, PR and advertising and it's something you can't get rid of. So my communications degree was very PR and advertising based mm-hmm. when in poly I really focused on frontline media like radio, hosting, Broadcast. photography. Yes, correct. I did those. So it was a very big jump for me from poly to even just uni itself because I wasn't used to the backhand media side, but I knew that this would be very very useful in the future when I want to further my studies or go into the industry of marketing or PR and advertising. It's something that you really really need lah. And eventually when I got into flying, I realized that my communications background really helped a lot. Because when you are in communications, you learn a lot about how consumers respond. You learned about how people see things and how you cater to them because you do marketing, you know, you want to cater to your consumers. And you actually can bring that aspect into flying because of how I talk to my customers, how I talk to my passengers on board. How I try to sell a product. When I sell a product on board is very different from when someone else tries to sell a product on board. And how you welcome people. You know how to read people a lot more compared 
to not having any background on maybe human psychology or how consumers just react in general. So it's very small aspects, but you can always bring any part of any field to another field. That's what I feel. So if you're someone who's changing fields, don't be afraid. I would say the first thing is don't be afraid. Don't think that because 10,000 people have done it and they have failed, you are going to be the other person who's going to fail. You can be the person, you can be the first person to succeed, but you won't know till you try. So just go for it. Just try it out and don't ever be afraid. It's tough, but sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it, you know. So. I always say that. I, I, yeah. I've been just carrying out in uh, auditions for NTU MC Club and every audition, so we always give like feedback. I literally say this, just fake it till you make it. If you're nervous, just pretend you're confident and it will come out. It will exude the confidence. Oh my God, I always, always say that. But that's great. I think that's great advice for anyone that's kind of like still figuring out what they want to do. And you know what? We're all so young. Um, yeah. We still have many years ahead of us. Touch wood. <laughs> but, um, you know, like we have the time to figure out ourselves. And just because society puts pressure on us to do things a certain way doesn't mean we have to conform to that. And you know, when you talked about like getting back into the comms industry, I don't really think you'll have a problem because now also you're doing um, things with Zula, right? Are you still with them? Yes. Yeah, I'm still with mm-hmm. them. So I've been freelancing with Zula. And for those of you who don't know what Zula is, it's a kind of a sister brunch company from the Smart Local. And it's catered more onto kind of women, women fashion, beauty, and also some controversial topics that sometimes Smart Local won't cover. And I've been with them for about close to two years now. And I didn't realize how fast time flies. Because Do you remember was... we were together when you were like, either you had gotten the call or you would you had just gotten. I can't remember, but you told me like there and then like, like you entered a competition to host yeah. for Zula and you won. It wasn't really a competition. It was a audition actually. Okay, it was an open call. Yeah, I remember. I think we met for lunch. Mm-hmm. And I just received the call or just received the email saying that I got the job. So the first person to ever hear about me getting the job into Zula was actually Sejo. <laughs> because I looked at it and I looked at her and went, Babe, I'll be hosting for Zula. And this girl was like, Oh my god, what? Exactly how Sejo sounds, by the way. <laughs> She's like, Oh my god, babe, I'm so happy for you. Literally, that literally is, is probably what I said. I think yeah. I kept saying, like, This is such a great avenue for you because. You love hosting. Yep. And this would be a great stepping stone because obviously the, the landscape is constantly changing and Zula was a perfect place for you to really like grow Step as a out, host you know? and in, in yep. a different environment. Maybe not radio, but like you're still hosting. You're a, you're a presenter for their yes. YouTube channel. So Correct. I don't think you'll have any problem getting back into the industry. Like you're doing this simultaneously, yeah. you know, you're still going to have yep, this exactly. resume. Yeah, so which is why I always tell people that, hey, you know, I am still a presenter. You can't remove the presenter out of me, no, no matter can't. what I'm doing. So wherever I go, I've always been the presenter. So I actually found like little videos from when I was like, I think five. Mm-hmm. I was actually the MC for my kindergarten graduation. And I didn't what? know. Like I forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot. And then I realized, and that's what my mom told me. You see, at that age, I kind of knew that you were going to be in that line. But I was not going to accept it until Aww. it was happening. So when it eventually happened, she was like, yeah, you know, expected it. At six or five, she was already a host. Mm-hmm. So, and I watched a video and I looked at myself. It's like, wow. At that age, I was not nervous. I was nervous, but I was faking it till I made it, man. You really did, sis. I really did. And then that just kind of rolled on to my entire life where I've always been chosen to be an MC and a host. And it kind of just snowballed into my passion for presenting and being a presenter and an MC and a host. So instead of focusing and becoming a radio DJ, I actually changed my scope to becoming a presenter in Correct. general. Mm-hmm. Because when I started hosting for events with Radio Heatwave, like music events or anything, it really opened up my mind to, hey, you know, I'm actually not too bad at this. Because I thought that I was just going to hide behind a console, behind a mic, and just talk for the rest of my life. And then it changed into me hosting with like people that are so good in in music festivals. And they're so fluent. And I'm just there thinking, oh my god, I'm, I'm so small. I'm so... I don't know what I'm saying. But it just kind of worked out. And, mm-hmm. and it really just went with the flow. So yeah, so now I'm a presenter and an air stewardess at the same time. 
Look at you. You're really I'm like mixed I'm smiling ear to ear. You can't even see this, but I'm like, oh I'm so happy hearing that. Like honestly, it makes me really, really happy. But obviously these kind of jobs, not not so much air stewardess, but like being a presenter for Zula, some people might still consider it like unconventional. So what are your thoughts on such jobs? Because I mean to me it's still normal because that's the line that I'm in as well. But to other people they might not understand it. Yeah, so I think when I was growing up as well, when I told people, oh, I want to do radio, I want to do communications, mm-hmm. they just looked at me like, huh? Go future me? <laughs> this is their, their, their first question. You sure or not? Go future? But in Singapore, you know. And I'm just there like, um, well, even if I don't have a future in Singapore, I'm sure the world is big enough for me to go somewhere to find a future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when it comes to so-called quoted unconventional jobs, a lot of people are afraid. It all stems from fear because we don't, we don't see people do this very normally. And especially when I was growing up, it was not something that everyone wanted to be. Now yeah. everyone wants everyone to be. Everyone wants to be, exactly. Every, yeah, everyone wants to be a YouTuber, content mm-hmm. creator and everything. And we came from the generation where people were look like down kind of on stepping that. into it. Yeah, they will look down and then they were also like stepping into it but they were very afraid like they don't really tell Correct. people that they are becoming a content creator whereas right. now it's like everyone you know to be very honest so still now still like i like let's say like when i go on dates and stuff with other people right i when they ask like oh what do you like to, i don't like them to follow my instagram so fast because it's still it's not mm. embarrassing but like i'm shy about it it's still there like i can't fully be like yes i'm a content creator you know like to, to me like being content creator like oh you have to get paid you have to have this amount of followers which I don't do either, but I do it because I love it. And I bring joy to other people, apparently, who watch my videos and listen to my podcast. They like it. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, so till honestly, till today, I would still say like, I'm still something that like, I, I get a bit shy when like, oh, when people ask me like, oh, we do YouTube. I'm like, mm-hmm, I mean, like for fun. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand because I, I completely relate to that. Mm-hmm. When people um, find me on social media or somewhere and they go, hey, you know, you're this person, right? You know, with the entire not Agnes Bay thing. Oh, yeah, I've seen <laughs> you on social media. So before they meet me, it's like I go into like dinners or outside and then like friends or friends come over and I'm like, hey, hi, you know, because I'm nobody, you know, I, I don't know anybody. And they go like, oh, yeah, I know you, you know, you're from social media, you know, you're not Agnes Bay. And I'm just like, yeah, hi, <laughs> you know, so you know me and then they go yeah 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 i've seen your videos you know or you you are an air stewardess right uh you do radio i think a lot of them kind of just link it with me being a presenter with zula as mm-hmm. well as an air stewardess so they just look at me and they go oh you're that i'm like yeah yeah i am <laughs> you know and i don't know how to react because to them it's something very interesting it's something very different it's yeah. it's ooh, you know and for me it's like it's it's that's it you know i i don't i don't put it in such a high pedestal because to me i feel like i'm capable of a lot more as well mm-hmm. so i'm proud of what i do i love what i do but i think i'm still not used to the fact that to other people it's still something very um unique or interesting as a industry because yeah. now everyone is trying to do it so exactly. sometimes you need to really be out there to differ and i won't say i'm much much different from other people I would say with my presenting styles but sometimes when you hold your certain roots to how you present or the things you say people just relate to you in a very different way mm-hmm. and they start realizing like oh wow this person oh my god I can relate you know so one thing we actually learned in school I think Sejal will really agree with this is out of 100 people if one person can relate to the content that you're sharing you've succeeded as a presenter yes. because yeah. you have managed to touch one person's heart and that's all it takes to yep. to achieve your goal, you know? So Exactly. It's a tough industry, but I think with time and with a lot of passion and grit and thick skin, obviously, you can actually get there. So once again, don't be afraid, guys. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I think fear, fear is, oh my God, one thing that we really need to keep at bay because once mm-hmm. you're so afraid of everything, you're just going to, in a way forget what your purpose is yeah yeah and one of my favorite videos that you did with zula was the um where you got that whole nike outfit yes do you remember what was it called is it like 
200 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's like 20 versus 200. And you, you got the bougie one, right? Like you got the, yeah, you I got got the bougie one. one. <laughs> and when I read the comments from that video, a lot of them were like, finally, a girl that looks like me. And I cannot mm. tell you how happy that made me as well. And that's like, I'm sure for you, like, you know, a really great compliment as well. Because I think in this industry as well, now finally there are a lot more minorities coming up and that is such a great thing and i really hope it continues to go like that and a lot of the comments also were like finally like i see a body type like me like a, a yeah. um, clothes that even i would wear and yeah. i agree i was like yes that's very true because you know a lot of the clothes that you find in um boogie street or whatever they don't fit us and i was talking about this with yeah. Judy as well in my previous episode uh, mm. two episodes ago that it's very hard to find clothes that fit us just because we're a little bit more curvier, you know, like, yep. that's what, what we're going to do, we're born with curves, right? Like, what we're going to do? So it was very nice to see that, like, you, I'm sure, are having a lot of people relate to you because they're finally seeing someone like them. They're not used to it. Correct. And yeah. for me, that is when I realized that when I saw the comments about the same video, mm. people were like, oh, oh my god, Zangi looks great. Or, wow, someone who looks like me. And, you know, oh, we have a representation now. That is when I realized 14-year-old me will be so proud, so proud. of mm-hmm. what I've done. Because for since I was 14, that was all I wanted. I wanted yeah. to be a representation. And I've yeah. achieved that. And I'm still achieving it. So, whatever I do, I keep that in mind. I keep my core in the center of me all the mm. time. And that is what that keeps me going no matter what I do. Because if you forget your core from when you were young, then I think that's when you start losing sight of who you are as a person. So mm-hmm. those kind of comments really, really make my day amidst yeah. the hate that I get. But Ugh, screw that. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, hate is like a whole other thing. But when you see people who send you really nice messages and they say, hey, you know, I saw your video. or Especially, I did a recent ad with Maybelline. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! People, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was everyone is, when I saw it on my timeline. I was like, "That's my friend." <laughs> I know, and so many people keep sending it to me, and they said, "Sangi, it's so nice to see someone that we know over there," you know. And to me, I just thought it's just another ad. I mean, there's so many beauty influencers, mm-hmm. so so what, you know? But I didn't know that it actually made an impact on people to realize that somebody who's brown, who's Indian, who's Tamil speaking or bilingual in that sense being on that platform even if it's just a few seconds they were very very happy and they could relate and they said keep doing what you do we love to see what you're doing mm-hmm. and that that really warmed my heart and i realized that you know what i'm gonna keep doing this i'm gonna keep hustling no matter how long it takes no matter how hard it is no matter how much of hate that i get because ten thousand people can tell you that you suck but if one person believes in you then that's all you, you know you've achieved yeah it's like the you know that lady gaga lady gaga <laughs> yeah which is just like <laughs> i was just people. thinking nine, in what, the room was it 99 people 100 people she said i think like 99 people in the room don't believe in you but the one person one does. person yeah i i love that quote but she repeated that too many times like but yeah too many times but it's true that is so true that is like my yeah. life motto since i was a kid that the whole room can disagree with you but yeah. you just need one, one person, person. Mm-hmm. that's when you know that you know what i've done it you yeah know, so and that i completely yeah. agree even with this podcast like you know honestly it's been pretty problematic like this is it's not like youtube it's a completely different medium and um for some reason it's getting a lot more attention than it is from my youtube and okay. uh with different people coming on i have people sending me like why do you have this person on and I'm just like, huh? oh, why? <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen your that. podcast. I mean, I've heard mm-hmm. your podcast. I've seen the content and it's like so many. I didn't even realize there were so many podcasts until I saw the list. <laughs> like, Have I not realized it's been going on for months? You know? <laughs> no, but and, like in and, that sense also, like how you mentioned, like if one, at least one person, like because you know, the thing is with telling him, um, yep. I'm so glad that I opened that up because I, I think I was talking about this. Uh, with Vidya as well like because people are a lot more honest and you know they send yes. proper questions and it's so much more interesting to answer them but with that also comes in quote unquote hate and yes. um, people with a lot of opinions which people are entitled to have but that was something I wasn't used to because with mm. YouTube and my Instagram videos I would always receive like positive comments you know and with my podcast being so much more personal and me talking about a lot more personal things a lot of people in my life were also like 
why are you talking about this so that was mm. when like i really had to deal with negative criticism and yep. i wasn't used to that but at the same time i think i kind of just learned that i can't get offended i have to really just see where they're coming from unless it's like hate hate which thankfully i don't get but this is more like criticism that i already deal like i cannot deal with criticism i'm just really bad at it so coming from people that i don't know slash people that i do know it's a lot to deal with so i kind of just learned to you know find the constructive part of it and see how yep. maybe i was wrong in this certain way or maybe i was saying too much and learn from that and just continue to grow but it it gets it gets to you and it's constantly constantly it does. and it really does but when i get those messages in my dms like you have no idea how much your podcast has helped me or you have no idea how much i love your podcast keep doing it keep doing it. those are the ones that like really really make my day like you have no idea like if it it just i don't even know these people and they listen to it like my podcast numbers can completely range one episode may do like very few people one episode may be a lot of people and even the mm. pe- the episode that doesn't do well even if like two people listen to it can two people don't win more than that you know mm-hmm, and yeah. then one of them dms me that's it that's i'm done yeah I, i'm exactly. i'm happy i know i made it but how do you deal with hate you mentioned that you get that as well yeah so literally what you just said you know with anti negative criticism i think in poly i was like i said you know i was a very toxic place and it wasn't very healthy for me so when i was there i deflected criticism because i thought i was ver- i thought very highly of myself i had a lot mm-hmm. of arrogance and my ego was like sky high so <laughs> when people said like sangi can you work on this i'll look at them and say who are you to tell me that mm. you know i would never take it in i would never take in criticism Fair and enough. i only took in all the good things someone told me i was pretty thanks even though i wasn't like I knew. Did you were in terms of pretty in terms of not materialistic but yes. but in terms of my energy it wasn't like I will call myself out on that and say that I was a very disgusting person at that point of time. Mm, so say that. when when it comes to that I mean it's okay like it's mm. not um I'm not putting myself down it's just me and my facts you know. And when that happens and then you go out of it you learn that when people say criticism it sometimes stems from because they don't like what they're seeing. and they want to see something better but not everyone is educated enough to have a how to say like to put it in such a way yeah a conversation or in a way that it will sound like they're giving you feedback instead it of putting you as, down yes correct. and we can't blame so them st- for that also exactly so i started to understand mm-hmm. that ideology between um in, in between like hate and everything because you can't stop someone from saying anything everyone's mm-hmm. entitled to their opinions but it's up to you if you want to filter other criticisms and see what you can do so i started to focus on what i can control and not falter over what i can't control like someone told me like a couple of them told me that like recently actually that um i think you're just damn ugly or you have a very Who crooked cupid spell i have no idea this is all on tell on him okay which See, i will cover tell him sucks like honestly but it's great but it also sucks because we cannot yeah. even like have a conversation with them because we don't know who they are exactly and so i get blatant stuff like this and i i tell them initially i was very hurt when i first mm. started because i've been on this anonymous platform since i was 15 years old so mm. i'm very used to this anonymous platform thing But every time I do it it just affects my mental health and my emotional health a lot. So before trying on tell on him this time I told myself are you ready for that hit? Are you yeah. ready Sanki? Yeah. And I was. So when it first happened it did take me back a bit because I was like ah oh, you know that first the first arrow that shoots always hurts the most. Yes. Yes. And then you learn how to dodge it in a way. And I instead of telling people like oh I'm sorry that I'm ugly you know just I don't no. think you should apologize for how you look. Effort. I literally told them Well, if you don't like what I'm doing and you don't like my face, don't follow me. I agree. If you think that you don't agree with what I'm doing, don't follow me. If I'm saying something controversial and I'm talking, you want to have a conversation, that's a whole other thing. Yes. But don't come and just shoot at me because you don't like what I'm showing. Mhm. Might as well you just go and find something that suits you. Don't come and mm-hmm. shun someone else because they're not presenting content that you like. Mhm. You know, I'm entitled to my opinions as much as you are entitled to your opinions. So I told them that hey you know if you don't like what I'm doing don't follow me that's it. it's that simple you can mute me, you can ignore me you don't and the thing is that the sad thing about telonym is sometimes these people are not strangers yes and that's what I don't like because if you are my friend and you are sending me these 
well me being me i would just wish you the best and be like hey you know i get it you don't want to say it to my face because you're shy but if you are someone like that then i can't help you you know i can't help you in becoming a better version of yourself because you choose to hide behind a platform you chose this mm. i am here putting myself out there i'm being transparent as hell but you chose to hide so i can't control what someone else is doing so i don't let it affect me as much so it took me very long it took me a couple of months to get over the fact that hey you know i can't control other people's actions no, i only can. can do what i mean i only can control what i feel so mm-hmm. when something when someone criticizes me i look at it and i see i try to see every opportunity i can to find a way to get myself better to see maybe there's something i can work on you know and it even came to a point when people said oh your accent is so fake um, it's so fake please <laughs> shut up and i told them uh okay sure like i'm not going to shut up <laughs> i'm like no <laughs> you just Because, stop listening to me it's simple as that yeah you just you don't have to watch me on you don't have to watch me on social media you don't have to follow me you have the choice you have the choice to unfollow someone to mute someone but you choose to follow them and you choose to send them hate so that shows the kind of person that you are Mm-hmm. So that's nothing on me, and exactly. the way I speak is just very clear, articulated English. It's not like I'm not Singaporean or anything, because anyone who knows me that I'm very Singaporean. So I'm cool, man. Like go ahead, mm-hmm. I don't really care. But I know I I get it when you say that. It's very, it's very draining, you know, when you see these kind of comments and you realize. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to tell yourself that hey, they just don't know how to put it into feedback. Correct. So. They just say what they think, and you try to filter out, see what you can work on. If you can't, then it's you okay. Just move yeah, on I don't respond. So yeah. that's what I do as well. Like I take it because the thing is with telling him is like I I would love to have a conversation with some of them because some of the feedback that they give are actually really good and like yeah, definitely. of course it's like oh okay, but I'll work on that and I want to talk like oh how else can I improve? I don't know who you are and I don't want to post it to my Instagram for like seven hundred eight hundred people to see on my story. I'd rather just that one exactly. person. But it's okay. Like so, I I, just, I read it. I'm like okay, thanks. Like I mean. I take it as constructive criticism, and if you know someone doesn't like, not okay, you know what it is? It's just that everyone's not everyone's gonna like you. And that's just it. Yeah, that's, that's the just truth. the world. That is the truth. Yeah. It is a hard truth, but I think instead of focusing on people who don't like you, focus on the people who do. And that doesn't have to be like strangers and followers, like your core, your your core circle, the people who actually do love you. And that's what always like I kind of remind myself when I get comments like that. It's just like there are people that love you. There are people that know you. You chose to put yourself on the internet. Now you chose yes. to put your persona out there. You chose people. You chose a platform for people to judge you. Now that doesn't give people the right to be mean. Yeah. But like you said, people are entitled to their opinions. It's just I hope that people say it nicely. So yeah. in that sense, we only we can have to hope for the world skin. to be a kinder place. Yeah, you know? agreed. But if people want to be or not, it's up to them. We can't control what they think. We can control what we think. Yeah, and, and how we handle and, it. A uh, one thing that I actually do it sounds so stupid like I will yeah, definitely really. get hate for this. Shut up. But no. the way I com- I convince myself or the way that I tell myself like hey it's okay it's because I always tell myself even the world's most beautiful person like Aishwarya Rai, Deepika mm-hmm. Padukone, we have like you know Oprah Winfrey, these are amazing women out there. And we have Michelle Obama and they get hate. Mm-hmm. So if they can get hate And they are still okay. doing their thing. Yeah, killing so the game. What is, so can we? What the hell is scaring me from going with the flow and just ignoring the hate? Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I usually tell myself. I'm like, you know what? Those people are still hustling. So, honey, you don't falter. You don't let your crown just slip even a bit. Mm-mm. You put it up higher and you walk. <laughs> you know. That's yes, bitch. Oh my god, I love that. I think you are one of the people that. I have seen grow into such an amazing, humble and mature person throughout the years and I just in it just makes me very proud. Every time I see you doing something you. else, I'm just like it genuinely makes me so proud and I cannot wait to see you do bigger and better things and I just I don't know, I just feel like I mean I honestly think that we'll be friends forever. I really do. Yeah. Like you know, we are the kind of friends I really think so too. Right? Like I feel like we're the kind of friends that I really, really appreciate this kind of friendship where we don't have to talk every day, but when yeah. we do, we can just It's sit just down for on. hours and talk. And I always know that you're one person that will have my back, you know, and yep. will give me that always. support that I need. See now, I it's miss like you. Whenever... And I wish that we're not doing this over yeah. FaceTime. <laughs> I know, and it's and it's very fun because we get to interact with each other like this. Mm. But it also comes to the point where 
I really look up to you. Like when you when you tell me this kind of things, mm-hmm. I always go like, I always look up to Sejal because there's so many times in life when I've just wanted to give up on social media. I just wanted to give up on being the presenter that I am. And then I see you do your hustling, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, Sangi, get back on your game, get back on your game, you know. And when I see you do, like, you know, you got into that, what was it, the Lazada thing? Yes, that, yes, um, yeah, that competition. And I watched it, and I was just there, like, oh my god, I really hope she gets it, you know. And whatever you do, whenever I see your social media, when you go into your podcast, whenever you do your videos, I watch your YouTube videos because they're so cute and funny. <laughs> um, and I love watching you do your makeup because it's just so interesting, and I see your personality shine through it. It's just nice. Like I love to see my friends do things that they love, that they enjoy. Your vlogs when you're in UK and all of that. Mm-hmm. So oh, these kind of things, those? yeah, and it's just <laughs> really nice because I love to see my friends just be happy. Yeah, and I've seen you over the years, and I've seen you grow, and seeing you from that girl who has so much of potential and so afraid to try. Even for social media, I feel like mm. you were afraid to put yourself out there because oh, you're like, why must I put years. my life out? There? Yeah. For years. Only I started, what, last year, honestly, properly. But before that, I wanted to do it since I was in poly. But I just never did. I was too scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still remember you asking me, Sangi, how do you even, like, put so much of your life out there? Isn't yeah, it scary? Yeah. And I told her, I was like, well, my life has always been out there without me trying. So, mm-hmm. it, you just kind of learn how to... You, you, you fall and you learn. And I've always wanted you to just go on social media whenever you can because I feel like you have the potential to inspire people to move people in a way where you share what you think and everything mm-hmm. and when I finally see you do it I'm like yay <laughs> you know? it's it's better late than like never ever never, doing it exactly. so and it's just very very heartwarming to see my friends succeed same I love you and thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Like you're I'm welcome. so glad. Thank you for having me. Of course, you're one of the first people already that I was like, I need to get her on. Like, because I know your story is amazing, and I can't wait to see you do bigger and better things. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on social media at Not Agnes Bay, which is N O T A G N E S B A E, and usually if you search that, I would just appear on like every social media lah. so mm-hmm. you can find me on Instagram which is the most active I usually am and obviously on Telonym there's a link on my bio so you can ask me questions send me feedback or anything honestly I would gladly answer them if they're constructive and if it's just out of curiosity I'll just answer them most of the time and yeah on Twitter if you want to follow me it's honestly just me being nonsense on Twitter <laughs> so Instagram is still the best place but yeah all my social media is public so go ahead have fun stalking me and go check out her videos with Zula they're really really good for this podcast you can follow it at the still sesh with Sage on Instagram you can follow me at SageLXX and we will see you well I will see them or tune in with them I always don't know I always like think I'm recording a yeah, YouTube video but they, we always do that even on yeah. air when we do it we're like okay guys so this is the end of our show and we'll see you guys then we go at, then we look at each other and we go well you'll hear us next week (laughs) yeah okay that's a good one you'll hear me again with a guest without a guest next monday so i really hope you enjoyed this episode and see you soon bye